This is Jerry DiPiano, and you are listening to the Love Mia Vita podcast. My guest today is Daylene Fallon. Daylene, I hope I pronounced your name correctly. Um, Daylene is um, a wonderful young woman who is uh, who who we learned about um, because she has been working with the menopause and menopause transition and helping to women women feel that this is really okay that that menopause doesn't mean you're old perimenopause doesn't mean you're old and we as women experience menopausal symptoms differently so i'd like daylene to do a brief introduction um she has kind of an interesting background and we should learn a little bit more about that background. So Daylene, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, thank you for having me. Um, I love talking about menopause, so I'm super happy to be here. And I'm obviously a big fan of the Mia Vita products. I'm a user and I'm a believer. So um, my, uh, and also thanks for calling me young. Uh, I actually, I actually feel pretty young. I went into menopause, um, I was kind of catap- catapulted there because I had um, a very invasive surgery when I was in my mid forties. And that kind of got things, it just messed things up. And that's when I started really, I think I was 46, I must've been 46. And that's when I started really just feeling these symptoms, you know? Um, I didn't know what it was, I just didn't feel good. So. I was um, I was starting to gain a little bit of weight and I'm very fitness conscious and I've always been a huge exerciser and I care about the food that I eat. And so I wasn't sure what that was about. I was very fatigued. I mean, it, it was crazy. My fatigue was just off the charts. Um, you know, I had the brain fog. I had hot flashes, although I didn't know they were hot flashes. I just would start being terribly flushed. In fact, I remember vividly one meeting. I'm in a conference room with a bunch of people, mostly men, and I'm standing up there presenting something. And all of a sudden I just turn beet red and sweat is trickling down the back of my thighs. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's the worst. I didn't know what this was. So I did what everyone does, go to Dr. Google and look up what could these things be. So i the diagnosis, well, there's all kinds of different diagnoses for this, right? I mean, it could be any number of chronic diseases. So I started to get worried, but it also could have been menopause. So I I made the rounds of the doctors, um, you know, and they all basically said, well, you're a little young, but you're in the range. It's probably menopause. Let me get you fixed up with some hormone replacement therapy. And I went to a few different doctors because as I did the research, I wasn't sure that I wanted to go that route. And I was struck by the fact that nobody offered me a different path. That was the only path. So I have, so I have a question on that. Um, so when you were having these hot flashes and when you, were, um, what, when you were experiencing some of the weight gain, did anyone think that perhaps it had something to do with this invasive surgery? Was the, was there any reason why the invasive surgery might have been a precipitator for that, or was that just coincidental? You know, at the time, 
nobody said, I mean, this is all me over a number of years, just doing research and talking to people and figuring out that that's probably what it was. Um, because it was, they thought I had ovarian cancer. And so oh, sorry. they, oh, that, thank you. But I mean, it, it, it wasn't that it, it was just, I had this massive infection and it affected all of my internal organs. And so now in hindsight, doctors have said, yes, it, that's probably what happened. I mean, you just, it threw your body into such a state of chaos that it catapulted you there. Um, but at the time, no, nobody said anything about that. So it was, it was a very confusing time because, you know, feeling like this and asking around and, it, you know, you can't get a straight answer, or at least I couldn't. And as I looked for information, I, you know, again, I was just struck that there was not very much information. There was, there are a lot of marketing messages. You know, there are a lot of messages out there that, oh, you know, you have hot flashes and you're gaining weight and this is what happens to women. You just are, you know, you're going downhill once you hit a certain age and here's the way you fix it. You take these prescriptions and this fixes you. And it just, it didn't sit right with me. Because and they felt old too, because they, right. unfortunately, the marketing messages are often accompanied by images of women that appear as though they are debilitated in some way, that they are um, past their prime. So it's, you know, it's a lot of it is objectification of yes. once you hit this, God forbid, this menopause, perimenopause, menopause transition, boy, oh boy, you are just... You have one foot in the, you know what, in the grave. Yes. You know that that's not the case. It can't be. I mean, it couldn't be. I knew that that couldn't be the case. Um, and yet there's so little information and there are so few sources that offer you this different perspective. And th so that set me on a path to try to figure it out. Um, so yeah. you had you you were, you were having hot flashes, um, mm -hmm. you were having some brain fog, um, yep. the um, any changes in your skin or hair, nails. We've heard we've heard women describe all sorts of things that start to happen that sometimes have nothing to do with menopause, but oftentimes it's a constellation of symptoms. They lose they they start to lose sleep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my sleep was interrupted. I definitely had, I mean, I had uh, night sweats a lot. So I, I, the vasomotor symptoms really affected me a lot. Um, you know, I did, I had, I was very fatigued. I think I mentioned that. Um, I really, my skin did change. It started to dry out a little bit and my hair dried out. Um, yeah, I, I think those are the main things. I. And I just didn't feel good. I just, I didn't feel like myself. Um, and I, I was searching for an answer, like so many women are. But unfortunately, what we see in our news feeds or what we see on the billboards, I, I'm not sure that's always the answer. It's, it's very one-sided. You know, I, I, I think we need to have more information and have access to just have access to different paths that we can take to manage our health as we get older. Did, um, 
I know you um, you made a pivot. Um, did did the did going into the menopause transition and your menopausal symptoms have an impact on your decision to pivot um, in your career? Well, it was all connected because I, I think it all is. Um, uh, and I really believe that at this time in our lives, you know, it, it's a perfect storm in midlife and a lot of things start to happen all at once. And I don't think that's an accident. It's actually a gift. It's an opportunity for us to think about where do we, where do we want to be? Who do we want to be? And how can we make changes to set ourselves up for success and happiness in the next 50 years? Um, so yes, uh, it did have a lot to do with my pivot. I, you know, I was living in New York City at the time and I was, you know, I had this corporate job, I'm traveling all over. Um, but as I, as, as these changes happened, I thought about, well, you know, my parents are getting older. They needed some help. Um, I took the oppor opportunity to do that. And then um, actually I fell in love. And <laughs> then I made a big move um, to Florida and got married and everything. You know, I was a menopausal bride. And that was the first time I was ever married. So, it, and hopefully the only time, but um, yeah. So I, I made a lot of changes right at that time of my life. And I don't think it's coincidental. You know, it, at the time, I, I don't know that I was super intentional in all the decisions I was making, at least at the beginning. But as I started to be more open and think about how these things were happening and the different, and there were a lot of synchronicities too, um, then I started to get more intentional and start to recognize what a great opportunity this is for me and for all women in midlife. I mean, this, look, we are at our most creative, I think, at this time. We might be done with the baby making business, but we can still birth our big idea. And I think this is a great time to do it. So that's I kind of part that. of I love that metaphor. Birthing, you know, basically you're, you're birthing your next gig, your next phase yeah. of life. You know, I love the fact that you are that you call yourself a menopausal bride or a perimenopausal <laughs> bride. You you know what, however you want to to uh, term that, but it really is it's second acts, right? And we have yeah. second and we have third and we have fourth acts. So you know the it's a age is a number that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to attach yourself to that number and and restrict yourself to what is possible for you even going through these transitions. I mean, menopause is just a transition, just like yep. puberty is a transition, right? That's right. It's just one more transition in life. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything. It's not the end of the road. It's just the beginning. So I love it. So as a, men so as a menopausal bride, and if you're not comfortable <laughs> answering this question, um, were there any challenges that you saw in terms of, you know, your relationship with your, uh, with your partner? Yes, absolutely. Um, first of all, uh, I don't know if everyone goes through this, right? But merging your life with somebody when you're almost 50, it's a, it's different, right? Because I had been on my own for decades and, 
So there were those type of relationship difficulty. I, I wouldn't call them difficulties. And I mean, sure. I'm actually very lucky because my husband is super evolved. And so he he's very patient with me. Um, so, but there were those types of challenges. And then look, physically, I, I'm a little different than I was when I was 35. So um, yeah, I mean, there were some physical, because there are some physical changes to your body. And, you know, you might not, I didn't have exactly the same stamina and, um, you know, I had some vaginal dryness too. And I had, there were just challenges like that, but it's nothing that's insurmountable. And, and those challenges, along with the other symptoms I were, was feeling, that's what really led me down the path of trying to figure out what are some solutions, some alternative solutions that don't require prescription medication necessarily. And, you know, trial and error, that's I, mostly error. But as I did this, and I, I was able to figure out a protocol that works for me and that I think a lot of science shows that it works for many people. So, so we, 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 we often hear from uh, women that are, you know, are 40 plus, um, mm -hmm. same thing that you described. So sometimes their partners don't quite understand what they're experiencing. So, you know, the joke is, you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, I'm in bed with the covers up to my eyeballs and my husband's kicking the covers off of himself, right? He's, you know, he's warm. I am freezing. So I'm bundled up in bed. Now I'm pushing the covers over to the other side of the bed because I'm having night sweats. He doesn't get it. And he's turning down the temperature. So the temperature is now 68 instead of 72. And so those, you know, those, those basic sort of things. And then as you, as you describe it, it's the sleepless, sleeplessness, right? Uh -huh. So, you know, three o'clock in the morning, staring, you know, staring at the alarm, wondering, okay, can I, you know, can I get back to sleep in an hour? In the meantime, he's snoring um, yep. or she's snoring, depending upon what you, your preference, but your partner is snoring and you're wide awake and that doesn't help things. So those are, you know, some of the challenges. And then of course, uh, we, we do hear about the intimacy issues. Sure. And, if your partner doesn't really understand what's going on, that makes it challenging. But it sounds like you have a very, very supportive partner. Did you have conversations about what you were experiencing? How did that go? I did. And, you know, I mean, again, I, I think I kind of lucked out here because he is he's a big talker. So he noticed and he would ask me questions and he he really wanted to understand. But the other thing is, you know, men go through changes, too. And we've been able to have open conversations about how both of us are changing as we get older. And you just have to, I think it's important to be able to talk it through. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So we, uh, you know, we joke occasionally about, you know, an age appropriate partner and if, for anyone listening, if you happen not to have an age-appropriate partner, please don't view this as or you know consider this criticism. But let's face it: if you have an age-appropriate partner, he may be experiencing some issues with his sexual prowess, with his libido, yes. with um, issues regarding prostate health, which means that he may be getting up in the middle of the night to visit the bathroom more frequently, which obviously has an impact 
on his sleep, but also on your sleep. Uh, so it, if it happens to be um, a male partner, so if it's a female partner who is age appropriate, she may be going through the same issues that you're going through. So that conversation is really important in the support, at least from our conversations with men and women, we call it couple pause uh, because that's yes. if you are with an age appropriate partner, you, you're probably going through changes that you should discuss with one another. So you have a better way of interacting and enjoying your intimacy with one another. And I don't mean just sexual intimacy, right? So intimacy starts with the brain. Yes, absolutely. And our brains change too, right? So, so it is important just to keep those lines of communication open. So when you, um, when you found that this wasn't working for you, right? Um, you, someone said, listen, you're having vasomotor symptoms and we've got the perfect solution for you. And let's face it, you know, we know that vasomotor symptoms, some of the most effective ways in which to deal with uh, vasomotor symptoms are what we've heard works pretty well, which is hormone replacement therapy. Again, not indicting it. What works for some women doesn't necessarily work for all. And you sh it's all about choices. And this is, this is what we, we like to you know, share with women. And that is your menopause and my menopause are completely different. And if you're not being helped by what's been prescribed, then you need to find an alternate path. But if you have been using hormones and they work for you and you are a candidate, then that's your choice. That is your choice. It is in consultation with your healthcare practitioner. And by the way, nothing that we communicate on this Mia Vita podcast should replace the advice of your healthcare practitioner. You, sh you should always do what is best and what is advised by your HCP. This is a podcast, it's informational, we're sharing stories, period, end of story. But you, you took a different path. You decided that, that this was something you were going to investigate because you were dissatisfied. Tell us about yes. that. Well, so I, I did. Um, I did follow the initial advice of my doctors and I tried hormone replacement therapy and it, you know, it helped a little bit, but I think I just, over time, as I asked more questions, I, I became bothered that I, I was actually actively dissuaded from trying anything else. Um, and that just, it raised red flags for me. So that's when I thought, okay, I'm going to stop it and I'm going to see what else would work? So um, I'm also a certified holistic nutritionist. So tell I, me about I, that. How did that all come about? Because of menopause. <laughs> because as I was searching for, um, as I was searching for solutions, you know, there's a lot of research out there that talks about how nutrition affects all of your different internal processes, right? I mean, it's the inputs that affect your hormonal balance. They affect your disease state or state of health. You know, all of these things are affected by our inputs. And so, you know, I start, I kind of compiled my list. Well, what are the different things that um, I could do from a nutritional standpoint? And the more research that I did into it, and I talked to some dietitians, and I, you know, went to different um, doctors that sort of focused on holistic health. 
And it got me so interested and excited that I thought, oh, I'm just going to go get certified because I really want to know this all for myself. And so that was great. And through that process, I really discovered that just changing my nutrition made a huge difference in the way I felt. Um, Can you describe that? that? Can you describe what you you observed? I mean, what, when, let's talk about did you change your diet? Did you did. increase your consumption of fats or protein? Or what was that like? I So I played with it a lot. So, but what I landed on is I follow a plant-based diet and I've eliminated animal products completely from my diet. And what I found is that when I took away the animal products, the hormonal changes were not, I didn't have these big swings, you know, things just kind of evened out. Um, I added a lot of foods that are known to help with these sorts of issues. So, you know, I added things like flax seeds. I, um, I started paying attention. You mentioned fats. I, I stopped worrying so much about, oh, don't eat fat. Um, I don't worry about things like don't eat too many carbs. I just took away a lot of processed food and I really try to eat a plant-based as close to natural state diet as I can. And a lot of things went away on their own. Tell us about that. What, what, what disappeared? So, um, did you sort of measure this from like baseline and then did you keep a journal or how did you? I did. Okay, great. So how did you determine sort of what was working, what was not working? And and tell us about some of your early observations. So my early observations, um, when I stopped eating, um, you know, red meat and chicken, when I took that away, that was the most dramatic change. Like that was very dramatic. Um, first of all, and a lot of my digestive issues that I had, those went away um, immediately. Um, my skin actually started looking a lot better. Um, and and by the way, when I took away the, you know, the meat and poultry, um, I did beef up my the amount of vegetables that I took in. No pun intended on the beef. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was probably poor choice of words. Um, so, and and I noticed that my hot flashes really evened out. You know, I still had them, but they weren't those really dramatic ones that I was having before. And I stopped having night sweats. So I would just have times during the day and I kind of paid attention because it was more time of day. And I think it had more to do with um, what was happening in my day. Like, was I um, starting to feel really fatigued? Was, had I not eaten? Is my blood sugar low? Like what else is going on? Um, but the, the most dramatic effect was really when I took away the meat and poultry. Um, then I started think, I, for a little while, I stopped eating wheat because I've read that, um, you know, there are studies that would suggest that eating wheat specifically interferes with your endocrine system. So I played with that and I found that for me, I don't have to eliminate it entirely, but when I cut down on it and I really do try to focus on, you know, plants, fruits and vegetables, 
I feel a lot better. It no. seems intuitive, right? It seems intuitive. It's what your parents yes. always try. It's what your parents taught you to do. You know, eat a lot of fruits and veggies, get the appropriate amount of servings. Um, yeah. I was raised on a Mediterranean diet. Yes. And it, it seemed to make sense. My parents also didn't have a lot of money. So, you know, it was easy to eliminate meat from our diet because it costs a lot of money to buy, you know, red meat. It does. So, you know, eating legumes and other, getting your protein in other ways seemed to make sense. Of course, all that changed the minute I was able to buy red meat. <laughs> now, yeah, I'm gonna change. Now, now I'm going to Now I'm paying attention. Well, the, I mean, the thing is that these are just very simple lifestyle shifts that you can make. And again, you, you made a great point earlier. It's not the same for everyone. We all experience menopause in different ways. But I think there are lots of good reasons to pay attention to your nutrition, especially right now at this time of your life. There are all these chronic diseases that, that also pop up for women in this time at midlife. By making small shifts and, and just really paying attention to your nutrition, you can stop a lot of those in their tracks and you feel better. And then when you feel better, you're more open to, well, maybe I need to exercise more. Maybe I need, you know, if you feel terrible, you're not going to go exercise. You're not going to go meditate. You're, you know, it's all connected. I guess that's what I would say. It's just, it's all connected, but you have to feel good physically first before you're really going to be open to going down these other paths. Did you notice um, in menopause and again, you know, different symptoms for different women who are um, doing the menopausal, in the menopausal transition. So did you, did you notice that your anxiety or stress levels increased from perimenopause and into menopause? Because we've heard, we, we hear from women that, um, as I think I may have mentioned before we get started with this interview, that um, one of our guests felt that she wanted to, um, to commit murder. And, you know, obviously, you know, it, she wasn't really going to pursue that angle, but she was <laughs> enraged. And it was, and she felt that it was a function of stress. Um, now, I have never felt that way about my husband. So, you know, we're, we're, we're daughter or godson who happens to live with us. But therefore I know that, that, you know, there are women who report that that has really, that that really changed sort of in the, especially in perimenopause. So any of those stress-related symptoms? You know, I, I don't know. I, looking back, um, I think I was probably pretty tightly wound. Um, I don't know how much of that had to do with what was going on physically um, and what was just a condition of the other things that were happening in my life. Um, so I'm not sure, but I do know from then until now, there's a marked difference, right? I mean, I am very, I feel really good and I don't feel anxious and I, I don't feel particularly stressed. I, I'm able to manage things a little bit more now. And I think I have more perspective, which is, which is something that's also important during this stage of our life to really not to put so much pressure on ourselves, right? right. Um, I'm all for goal setting. I love goals. 
but I think that there is a lot of value in the journey and, you know, achieve the goal. Don't achieve the goal. Don't beat yourself up because whatever happens, you're going to grow and be better as a result of it. So I think I also have a different perspective now. So. Well, I, I like the idea of giving ourselves permission, right? And we don't give ourselves permission. So we, you know, again, when you and I had the conversation before we started recording, we talked about these transitions that we go through in life, including the transition of caring for our parents. And if you have, have um, children, if they're grown children, you know, we, we still call them our children, even if they're 20 somethings or 30 somethings. But you know, you, you, you have the pressure that is above you and then you have your own situation with maybe a partner and then you may have issues that you need to deal with, concerns that you naturally feel for someone that you have cared for for your entire life, that being a child, stepchild, what have you. Um, so there's a lot that's going on there. That's a, there's a lot of dynamic that changes, particularly in this particular fourth, fifth, sixth decade of life. And we often feel that we have to do everything and we have yes. to do it perfectly. And, you know, the old cliche is don't let um, perfect be the enemy of good. Never was truer at this point in our lives. I, and you just said that. I mean, it's it makes so much sense to me. Yeah, I agree. We, You've got to give yourself a break. How did you do it? How did you how did you give yourself permission to do that? Well, I mean, life forced me <laughs> to a certain extent. Um, I, I always say that this is just midlife is a perfect storm for all the reasons that you mentioned, like all of these things are changing our relationships, our bodies, you know, um, there are physical manifestations of, of menopause and just of middle age, right? I mean, there are physical manifestations, but those things are really exacerbated by the emotional changes and even spiritual changes. Like it's not unheard of to have an existential crisis. You know, what am I doing? Is this really what I want my career to look like? Um, you know, you've, you've been working for 25 or 30 years by the time this happens, right? By the time you kind of get into this phase of your life. And it's a time when we naturally ask questions and, you know, we have to look, well, we don't have to, but I think it's, you're denying yourself a great opportunity if you don't look within and think about what do I want it to look like? And, um, you know, sometimes the universe conspires to <laughs> force you to ask those questions if you're not the type of person that wants to ask them on your own. And I, I think I got forced a little bit because um, I can be stubborn. So that, but I'm so thankful for it now because I, I did really, I went on a different path and it's been wonderful. And now there are, I mean, not to be too <laughs> dramatic, but I just am so much happier and healthier now at 52, almost 53 than I've ever been before. And I wouldn't have guessed that. If you would have asked me that when I was 25 or 30, I'd be like, nah, <laughs> but yeah. Well, changing, you know, having the freedom to change that path sounds like it was it really made such an impact on your life. I mean, you look great. Uh, I know our viewers <laughs> won't be able to see what you what you look like because we're uh, we're only doing the uh, the audio portion uh, during this podcast. But 
You look healthy, you're vibrant. Um, you made a pivot in your life. Um, obviously you weren't old when you made the pivot in your life. Mm -hmm. you, were, you were going through a number of changes and those changes were to your benefit. Look at you now. And right. you know, changed, changed careers to some degree. Um, I did. For those listening, um, Aileen still does. Uh, she she teaches at uh, one of the universities uh, uh, in in one of their uh, business programs. So it's you know she doesn't sit still. Uh, sounds like <laughs> woman on the move. So again, um, right you know right about the time of menopause, all this converged to make a positive so she could make positive changes in her life, and that's the message here that menopause doesn't mean the end of life. It may be the beginning of life and it may be a change that is beneficial to the rest of your life. Absolutely. I couldn't have said it better myself. It's an opportunity. It, it really is. So Daylene, any final words for our listening audience? Thank you so much um, for joining me. It was just absolutely delightful to have this conversation with you. Oh, thank you. I guess I, my parting words are just, you know, I want to underline that menopause is, it can be wonderful. It can be your second spring. You know, what do you want to be? Think about that and take this opportunity to uplevel your health, to think about what do you want your next chapter to be? Where do you want to take all that creative energy and and just do it. I mean, you women at this age, we are unstoppable. So go forth and prosper. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's why we call it Love Mia Vita. My <laughs> <life>. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank Daily. you. It was a pleasure chatting.